another episode of Sci-Fi Nomads. I am Dustin. I'm Lauren. And today we're going to talk a little bit about one of the worst movies ever. Of all time. Yeah. According to several reliable sources on the interwebs. Uh-huh. Yeah. This is Santa Claus Conquers the Martian. Woo! And uh, if you so actually... So bad, it's good. If you actually make it through to the end, we'll talk about our first bit of feedback, which is very exciting to have, and uh, ramble on about a few things that are might be a little bit off topic, but... Yeah, just have a little bit of fun. And I do also also want to say we have been going with trying to make this show a uh, family-friendly show. And uh, when we were talking about Blade Runner, it became very difficult to do. It got dark fast. And we had the realization, actually, thank you, Lauren, for pointing this out. Sci-fi is not family-friendly. No, not usually. There are so many movies that we will be covering that are R-rated. Um, so we will try to keep the language lighter than perhaps what you'd find on Atheist Nomads, but uh, we're not going to necessarily hold back since... We can't. Yeah, it, it physically work. hurts us. And it just doesn't work curse. with so many of these movies. Like, <laughs> it, it was really hard to talk about Blade Runner without talking about how... Some of the underlying themes and stuff, it's like, no, we can't... Ugh. Yeah, it, and it was really hard to try to do a family friendly talk about rape yep that's not easy even the cyborg rights talk Mm -hmm. got a little anyway besides that today we are doing quite a family friendly film no i disagree oh my gosh why this this isn't even human friendly (laughs) 1964 american sci-fi fantasy comedy oh man it's uh, the first documented appearance of Mrs. Claus in a motion picture, which is kind of cool, even though she's shown as just a nagging wife, mm-hmm. which is yeah, inherently sexist, but we won't <laughs> go into that. It was the 60s. They didn't know better. They, they, they did. They just didn't care. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, to, to, to give you a basic rundown of the plot, uh, you have Martian Civilization... And they're watching American television, and it's it's rotting their kids' brains. And the Martians are so much more advanced. Like, their kids, by the time they are done incubating, uh, already have the equivalent of a, a college education. And so they're just they're just horrib- uh, horrified by these these stupid uh, uh, American barbaric barbaric uh, entertainment pieces these kids are watching, and they're all getting obsessed with Santa Claus. Since it was right around Christmas. Because one thing about being incubated and having a college degree by the time by by that age is that you don't get to have any fun. Mm-hmm. Wah, wah. So the Martians pack up in one of their spaceships and they travel to Earth. Something they Santa Claus never done before. Um, and yeah, they find Santa Claus. They capture him. And they take him. Hilarity ensues. Oh, they also capture a few kids accidentally. Right, accidentally kidnapped. Real nice. Mm -hmm. Not exactly family friendly, but the kids get to go on a wild and crazy adventure on Mars. On Mars. So they snow. Yeah. So they take Santa back to Mars, where they force him to work in a automated toy manufacturing facility. Right, because they're efficient. And, and apparently every kid advanced. either wants a doll, a teddy bear, a baseball bat, or 
What was a another? tennis racket. A tennis racket. Every kid. Ever. Yep. Uh, at uh, one point, the... Uh, I guess Martians have baseball. Conservative purist from the ruling council um, sabotages the the machine. The conservative purist. I yes. love that. So, he is such a bad guy. He's got the mustache. <laughs> he's He's got this evil evilness about him it's just so funny he's just the crazy he's just the perfect bad guy yeah so he he, he sabotages the machine which results in Voldor, it producing by the way, his name. oh yes it, it starts producing a baseball bat handle with a tennis racket head no that can't be right a teddy bear with a doll's head or that's just disturbing a teddy bear head on a doll body that's kind of cute actually uh, I think the kids would like that one. Yeah, and then the uh, household servant slash maid slash nanny. I think he's a slave, or probably Droppo. slave. Yeah, drop all the comedic relief. He's the dumbest and laziest Martian, and one of the more successful actors on the show. <laughs> and he has to work for like the the king Martian. Yeah, so I think he's a slave. Yeah, probably. Uh, he ends up becoming the new Santa Claus and uh, helps Santa and the, the human children steal a uh, spacecraft to return back to Earth. And all peace and order is restored with Mars getting their own Santa and Earth getting their Santa back just in time for Christmas. Because apparently their spaceships are so advanced that they can get between Earth and Mars and like, 90 minutes yeah maybe maybe two hours and they can do a month or two worth of stuff on mars in all of maybe two days yeah well things moved quickly you understand (laughs) oh man so yeah about some of the actors um almost nobody went on to do anything however there was uh bill mccutcheon who was droppo he went on to be like on had the Howdy Doody show and mm. a couple other. He was comedic relief in some some television shows. Um, Ned Wertimer was the doorman on the Jeffersons. He was, I believe, he was one of the Martians. And then there was Pia Zadora, and Pia Zadora, you were around in the eighties, was a um, actress slash model who, uh, who who played the little girl Martian. So nice. she's. Pretty much the only one that went on to any kind of success. Everybody else kind of just died away and doesn't have a Wikipedia page to speak of. Well, good for her. Yeah. Yeah. Now, there's a couple bits where there's some some science-y stuff that was was interesting. Like, okay, the, the spaceship, the, the, the speed seemed pretty implausible. Uh, but something really interesting is when they get to Earth, they get detected by the United States Space Force. Yes. Which was, because apparently we had a space agency back then. It was not a thing. Um, at the time, we didn't even have the U.S. Space Command, uh, which we do now. <laughs> hey, it's a sci-fi. They can uh, look so to the future. Who they were interacting with was the United States Air Force Strategic Air Command, or SAC, which at one point had a larger, actually at that point in time in the 1960s, had a larger budget than the entire rest of the U.S. military combined. And they were going to make sure that everybody who watched this movie knew about it. Oh, yeah. They the, donated, they probably donated an hour's worth of film for uh-huh. this movie just to pad in all the all the jets flying and spaceships taking off. And 
It was great. It was it was that part was glorious. Well, so it was basically a giant ad campaign. <laughs> once they get picked up on on radar, uh, they discover that Droppo is is inside of their their anti radar device, which is this giant box of equipment um, that apparently has enough empty space for a person to hide in. So they get him out, they fix it, they get it up and running, and they disappear off of radar. That sounds kind of hokey. Which, but... at the time, was totally implausible. Uh, the only way then to get around radar was to fly so low to the ground that you were below the radar. Uh, it wasn't until the 80s that uh, stealth technology was developed, and there's a few ways of doing it. Uh, the uh, B-2 bomber uses a carefully designed shape and uh, radar absorbent material to produce a very, very small radar footprint. And the uh, F-117, the stealth fighter, used a combination of very irregular shapes to scatter radar, radar absorbent material to absorb some of it, to end up creating a radar image roughly the size of a eagle. Call! Sorry, that wasn't an eagle. An eagle is more like, chirp. Until, it was funny with that one. That was one, a though, hawk, a red tailed hawk. If it opened up its, its uh, Bombay doors, it would then look larger than a B 52 on radar. Uh, crazy little, little detail with that. But the. Uh, the other way of doing any kind of radar blocking is just straight up jamming. Um, you create too much noise or you, you jam the signals so the tower can't actually see anything or it sees... Hawk noises? No. Call! Wrong kind of noise. Oh, okay. Electromagnetic noise. Call! And so you can potentially with that jam the station so that it can't see anything, um, which doesn't appear to be what they were doing. So... Not in this case, no. This was like cloaking. With radar. With radar. Radar cloaking. Yeah. It, it is not too terribly bad of a portrayal of something that was still 20 years out. Yeah. Yeah. We were actually like kind of surprised, pleasantly surprised by that. We were go- we watched the movie and Dustin's just brain dead by the end of it. He's like, oh my God, that was terrible. I'm like, yeah, but the radar thing was kind of cool. He's like, started thinking about it. It's like, yeah, yeah, that is kind of cool. So there's yeah. a few aeronautic stuff that was... That was worth mentioning. And we did the Rift Tracks version, which... It's the only way to go. Oh, God. Either that or the um, cinematic Titanic did a version. Mystery Science Theater did a version. Basically, anything that has a voiceover to cover up the sheer amount of no action. I I think it actually made it worse for me. Oh, so you're the kind of person that that might not work for. Because there was certain points where the voiceover was talking over almost interesting conversation. Not really. Not and really. There's no interesting conversation in the entire film. And there was jokes that they were doing that just didn't really work with it. It was... It was Fair enough. Uh, Fair enough. Yeah. It was one of the Rift Tracks Live's performances. Yeah. Um, that's the one that we did. Uh, I, I have seen the Mystery Science Theater 3000 version, too, and I think that one was a little bit better. But it's the whole um, having somebody talk over a movie that Dustin tends to not enjoy as much as I yeah. do. Now, there were parts when there was a lot less dialogue and a lot less happening where it was the only thing to keep me from falling asleep. 
<laughs> so it, it did have that benefit. Well, we we did it. We we you weren't drunk enough for it quite yet. I wasn't drunk. Period. You should have been drunk first. I was uh, full. I didn't want to drink. Oh, that was my bad. Should have planned it better. Yeah. So yeah. this is definitely a good drinky drinking game. Mm-hmm. To a watch, uh, Santa Claus conquers the Martians. Yeah, yeah. It oh, it's it's bad. It's bad. Uh, my my real advice would just be, don't don't watch it. I think it's one of those must sees. No. I really do. I think it is so bad. It's good. And if you watched it a couple of times, it would become a favorite. Like, it's just, there's a reason why it's a it's a cult film. Uh, anything that hits the ba- the fiftieth worst films of all time has got to be worth watching. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. We we, we can we can. Uh... Agree to disagree on that. Oh, okay. okay. It did have a giant robot. <laughs> yeah. The robot was cool. Yeah, yeah. Even though it became a toy. Oh, man. Yeah. I don't understand how. Apparently talking to Santa literally drains, like, brain power. It, it made it so that it would uh, not harm anyone. <laughs> Happy robot. Apparently it- <laughs> Santa's present taught it Asimov's rules. Yeah. Whoa. We could go into that or not. <laughs> um, this was also featured on Elvira's movie Macabre. Uh, it's it's an open source movie, so it's been done and redone a million times. Um, so uh, yeah, it's, you could, it's not open source. It's it's gone to public domain. Sorry, not open source, public domain. So yeah, so it's it's one of those cheapo films that every, anybody can download and do anything with, which is why it's been so popular for all these bad movie marathons yeah yeah uh all right um i think we have given it more attention than it deserves Ah, uh, ho 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 <laughs> let's uh if you're okay with that let's go yep. ahead and move on just uh yeah what's what what kind of feedback did we get okay so from cilia um and this was actually posted to my facebook wall um Preferred way of, of contacting us would be emailing us at contact at atheists. Oh, wrong show. Um, ah. Contact at scifinomads.com. Yes. Uh, Email. Hey, it's great. Yes. Hey, Dustin, I was listening to you and Lord on Sci-Fi Nomads Terminator episode. That was a good one. Uh, some thoughts about this episode. Sorry if this is long. I've always loved the Terminator movies when I was a kid. I loved the first three Terminator movies. Terminator 4 was sort of meh. And I still haven't seen Terminator Genesis yet because I've heard from many reviews that movie was a piece of shit. Doesn't mean I won't watch it, just that it's not a priority right now. I totally, that's the only reason why we even watched it was because we did the show. Yeah, yeah. So, I totally understand. I'm catching up on some of the great recent Marvel and DC movies I still haven't seen yet and said I just watched Avengers, Age of Ultron, and Iron Man 3 last weekend. They're both great movies, worthy of at least an honorable mention on Sci-Fi Nomads. I'm going to watch Thor 2, The Dark World, Captain America, Winter Soldier, and Civil War, and I'm currently on a binge with DC's Legends of Tomorrow and Marvel's Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., so I'm just letting Terminator 5 sit on the back burner for now. I thought Terminator 2 was the best movie in the series, and the series should have ended there, although in real life, I'm sure even if you destroyed Cyberdyne alone with all of Miles Dyson's works... I'm sure somebody else would recover that all and carry on, which would one day lead to Judgment Day. I think that was part of the premise of the third movie was based on. 
And remember, in Terminator 4, there was a bit of information that reveals that Cyberdyne was bought out by the U.S. Air Force. In my personal opinion, I like the first three movies. Terminator 2 is best. I think Terminator 3 was unnecessary, but still enjoyable. I liked that they did by adding hot female Terminator, the TX, which was different. And I liked how the third movie sort of explores all the precedent that led to Judgment Day, the first generation Terminators, the origins of Skynet, etc. Yeah. Hey, do you want to start a podcast? <laughs> she uh, covered a lot of really good points. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, I totally agree. Um, Terminator 1 was awesome. Terminator 2 was even better. Terminator 3 was weak. 4 was atrocious. And 5 was a travesty. <laughs> travesty! Oh! An absolute travesty, oh, yeah. Oh, so the harsh. The best thing they could have done for Art and for the sake of film would have been to go with the original ending they had prepared for Terminator 2, which would have ended it. Which we discussed in the episode. Which we discussed about it in the episode. Yes. Unfortunately, good art does not mean maximum profit. Question mark? Not profit. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we've uh we discussed doing the Marvel movies and the DC movies and decided that they're a little too fantastical to really cover. Um Yes, they have scientific explanations for most things, but that science is weak and kind of made up. Well, Basically, radiation will give you superpowers, and billionaires uh, need something better to do with their money. Well, for, for a good example, uh, Iron Man is sci-fi. By the time you add in characters like Doctor Strange, though... We haven't even seen Doctor Strange. It's just pure fantasy that's just me whining because i want to go see it because <laughs> benedict cumberbatch with both mm, with both the marvel the and dc universes there is there is it's like half science fiction half fantasy it's the same problem we had with star wars yeah yeah totally so uh, it's it's good geek stuff good um, geek stuff you know we've watched uh all, all of them except for dr strange all of those movies that were that uh, Celia mentioned Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We've watched all Flash. of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. so far, all of Flash so far. I'm watching The Arrow right now. We're watching Supergirl. And also Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah. So, no. They've definitely geek stuff. Awesome. But not for this show, unfortunately. Now, however, uh, shorts like this episode is where I think it's okay to talk about these. Yeah, that's true. We, uh, we may get in, delve into some details, especially if something particularly interesting uh-huh. pops up. Uh, Supergirl is absolutely adorable. I love Flash. I think it is also adorable. Mm-hmm. Arrow is too brooding for me. I don't think he's too brooding. He's just a complete and utter asshole. He is the most he's villain. Jerk. He's the most villain-like hero who is still a hero. Yeah. Well, only because they can't do Batman because his rights are owned by... And no, Batman's not a villain. It's just... Batman is a jerk. also a jerk. He is a villain-like hero, but he is not as villain-like as... He's not killing people. Yeah, he's not as villain-like as, as the Arrow. The Arrow is straight up a... He's judge, jury, and executioner. And that is that is terrible. Uh, I, I also have a possibly unpopular opinion that the DC characters are um, better than the Marvel characters... The heroes, at least, um, I think the Marvel villains are better than the DC villains because with the DC heroes, they are all 
multi-dimensional flawed human beings or aliens uh whereas <laughs> or gods or yeah whereas marvel you tend to have black and white you've got uh captain america who is the pure embodiment of all that is good and just in this world except for the latest movie oh god where don't get me started he was right for all the wrong reasons and then you've got iron man who is uh he, he's the like embodiment of a chaotic neutral yeah heavy on the chaotic part he is as evil as you can be while still being a hero in the, the marvel universe he is the most villain like hero who is still a hero and they have them so black and white except and, for the hulk except for the hulk who is villain he just as needs a hulk. hug and as as bruce banner he is uh, very much a hero uh he's black and white in and of himself that's a whole other discussion. And I, I find that to just not be as, as satisfying as the, the depth that you get with uh, the DC characters. See, and I'm, I'm the opposite. I am just like, well, not the opposite in that I like Marvel over DC. I like them both equally. I'm just, I am all for the campy action superhero stuff, which is why I'm so enjoying Flash and Supergirl and not so much Arrow and yeah. Batman. The latest Batmans have been just terrible for me. And for me, other than watching a few of the movies, uh, this is all new to me. And actually getting to understand the characters and the development and the interaction between them. uh, Like, Lauren got me to watch the uh, Justice League uh, cartoons. Which are amazing, awesome, awesome stuff. Uh, Justice League, Justice League International, and Young Justice. Good Uh, times. Yeah, yeah. Um, Okay, so that covers that, and yes, we we love feedback. Give us more feedback. Um, I also, we just watched last night uh, Star Trek Beyond, the latest from the alternate universe. Oh, yes. I I think that is worth a mention. Oh, my God. Okay, so we're sitting there with uh, one of our friends and Dustin, who are like poo-pooing all over the movie, and I'm just like, oh, yeah, action. Oh, yeah, that, you know, they, they have tropes. I love the tropes. And then these guys are not impressed they're like wow that was an awful movie i was like no it was awesome that is not what i said at all what i said is that's a really good movie it's a good sci-fi but it's not star trek <laughs> i think it's star trek enough i i i liked it there's i love bones and spock oh my gosh that's such a girl hard on for those two it is a a, a bastardization of star <laughs> trek oh that's so harsh okay jj abrams is Everything that is wrong with this world. <laughs> Doesn't want to live on this planet anymore. With J.J. Abrams. Uh, Alright. Okay. Uh, yeah, we said this was going to be a short, and it definitely is. At 24 minutes. Yay. Uh, next month, uh, we'll be doing Alien. And Aliens and that series. Yeah. Acid Spit. And uh, assuming we actually successfully get it out in January, uh, which is our goal, we will be uh, doing our Patreon launch. So watch out for that. Yay. Happy holidays. You can visit us on the web at scifinomads.com. Email us at contact at scifinomads.com. Tweet us at scifinomads. Or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash scifinomads. In each case, it's spelled S-C-I-F-I. 
N-O-M-A-D-S. No spaces and no hyphens. Theme music in this episode is Urban Jungle 2061 by Eric Matias, www.soundimage.org. <laughs>